0: what's shaking everybody you're listening to improv tabletop the fate rpg actual play where we make up absolutely everything on the spot i am your host and gm ned wilcock and joining me today we have caleb anderton your main man evan peterson
1: justin porter aka jp
0: All right, and we have a very fun genre setting that we've come up with for you today. Uh, We're going to go for a bit of a Great British Baking Show sort of vibe, but it's being hosted in Jurassic Park this season, and that's going to bring some fun stuff here. So we're going to start off with our ideation. We're just going to do some monologues off of this theme of baking and dinosaurs. So uh, I'll go ahead and go first. I have, for quite some time, been a pretty big fan of geocaching, and I recently got back into it, and it's had a pretty big resurgence of late, I've discovered. Uh, they've got a really sweet app that you can use. Uh, I guess for those of you who aren't familiar with geocaching, people will hide these little boxes and containers and whatnot just all over the world, give GPS coordinates and you go and find it, you write your name in the log, occasionally you'll be able to trade a little trinket for something that's already in there. And there's this one in Rexburg that's super fun. Uh, It's this dinosaur trivia question thing where they don't actually give you the GPS coordinates off the bat, but they ask you a whole bunch of trivia questions about dinosaurs, and when you find the right answer, it'll give you one of the uh, little bits of the coordinate And you string that all together and that helps you find where the geocache itself is. And it's like one of the coolest things I've done and I really appreciate that, human. And if you haven't given geocaching a try, you should uh, go ahead and do so. Uh, Caleb, I believe you're next. All right. So I have
2: three small little boys and dinosaurs are always a big part of our life dinosaur toys and... Anyway, I was just thinking about how many times I have stepped on spiky dinosaur toys in the middle of the night. You think that stepping on Legos is bad, try stepping on a stegosaurus. (laughs) Some of them are really, really spiky and pokey and can just make you make the worst noises in the middle of the night when you're trying to sneak out of a sleeping child's bedroom that you've just put them down in. So that's really what came to my mind with dinosaurs. And then I guess to add to that, just more of the domestic setting, there was one time my wife was baking brownies um, and I kept making fun of something she was doing (laughs) and just all good naturedly, she was like, hey, you knock it off or I'm going to splat some brownie batter right in your face. And of course I didn't knock it off and she actually did it and caught me right on the face with a big old (laughs) spoonful of brownie batter. Nice. And it was one of the best, like it was one of the times I've laughed the hardest ever. And yeah, she was laughing too. It was a really good time. So those two things
0: came to my mind. Nice, dinosaurs and baking. Okay, Evan, what you got for us?
3: So, I'm having trouble thinking of anything really personal, so I'd just like to take a second to talk about one of the biggest travesties in reality TV history, one of the biggest scandals, one of the biggest moments of injustice, which was on The Great British Baking Show, when... I don't remember the the names of the contestants, but they were making ice creams. And one contestant took another contestant's ice cream out of the freezer and just left it on the counter on a particularly hot day. And his entire dessert melted, turned into a puddle, and in his frustration, he threw it away. And so then they sent him home for throwing away his dessert and not, like, keeping a level head. And that... Is ridiculous, and there's actually a big controversy about this. Uh, I don't remember the exact name. I think it was called Alaska Gate because it was a baked Alaska they were making. Um, but there was a whole hashtag, and uh, I'm still looking for justice for that man to this day because that other contestant was clearly in the wrong.
2: Dang, I remember that episode. I love that. Like the most dramatic British reality TV gets is like somebody dropping a
0: thing into a garbage. It's great. <laughs> All right. And JP, how about yourself?
1: I haven't seen that many episodes of the British Breaking Show. Um, But the one I did see was because my dad was watching it and told me to come in the room. And what had happened was somebody had made a cake, but it looked remarkably like genitalia. Um, (laughs) And so nobody was saying anything about it. But everybody's just like, that is ridiculous. ridiculous (laughs) and so that is my experience with that show
0: all right (laughs) i don't
1: think i
2: got to that episode
0: (laughs) i don't remember that one
1: i'll have to look for it again
0: but okay so we've got our ideation got a number of little tidbits that we can bring back into the story as we go along Uh, but so to just sort of establish the world a little bit All of our players are contestants in the Great British Baking Show, and it's being hosted this season at Jurassic... Oh, not... Oh, goodness. Okay, we need to make sure that we're getting our IPs correct here. You are all contestants of the Pleasantly Proper Baking competition, and this season... The Pleasantly Proper Baking Competition is being hosted in Dinosaur Theme Land, the IP-friendly (laughs) dinosaur-themed theme land. And so, let's go ahead and start to figure out who our characters are that are going to be inhabiting this fantastic world. Uh, Let's start alphabetically. Caleb, do you have any thoughts yet for who your character is going to be?
2: Uh, Yes, I am going to be a friendly velociraptor named Trex. Oh, you are a dinosaur. Yes, Uh, I I don't agree with all of the other dinosaurs that are all big and loud and, uh, and mean and scary and things like that. And I just want to join this great bake-off that is happening. That is my biggest goal in life. I dig it. So uh, what
0: would we say is our high concept aspect for Trex? Prehistorically proper. Prehistorically proper. All right. Got a lot of things that we can intuit from that. He is a literal dinosaur, but he has sophistication and probably a British accent. Uh, what is something that might get Trex into trouble on occasion? (laughs) His dino instincts get the better of him. Mm. So he's got that predator's instinct. Yeah, he's got some internal conflict with that. Sounds good. Uh, What is one additional thing that we should know about Trex? What's another aspect?
2: He is, in fact, the result of some DNA experimentation.
0: Mm, So definitely not your typical sort of dinosaur. Somebody here at Dinosaur Theme Land has been uh, doing some other stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. All right. And what is Trex's plus three approach going to be? (laughs) he's a velociraptor so he's going to be clever (laughs) nice very on brand very very on brand alright let's go to Evan next what sort of ideas do you have for your character
3: so one thing I've noticed when watching British reality shows uh, my wife and I are big fans uh, whether it be uh the british baking show or or we watched a pottery one recently it, it seems like over there there's often people who have what in america we might stereotype as very manly professions construction workers woodworkers builders who in the side bake and make pottery things that uh not to stereotype but i feel like in america you might think of them as like maybe getting made fun of by their co-workers or something but over there all their co-workers are like oh my gosh we love his cookies we always want him to bring cupcakes into work <laughs> (laughs) So, uh, playing along with that, uh, my character is a heavyweight MMA fighter who, his ring name is Skull Crusher, but, uh, you know, here he's just Dave, uh, (laughs) and baking is, uh, his passion on the side when he's not fighting in the ring. He's just a huge, hulking beast of a man who likes to bake cakes.
0: Nice. Nice. So how would we distill that down into a high concept aspect?
3: Mm, I've been trying to think of that, how you would word that. Uh, I just wanted to say like crushing (laughs) crumpeteer. Crushing (laughs) crumpeteer. Beef plus cake
0: equals beefcake.
3: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: amazing. I like that. All right. So what is something that gets Dave in trouble on occasion?
3: So he is like kind of a very gentle giant, you know, but uh, kind of in the way that like you might see a new, superhero like crush something because they're still learning their own strength Uh, he occasionally is like too forceful completely on accident even though he's trying to be gentle whether that be ruining his dessert or like Trying to scoop past someone in the kitchen and just completely bowling them over. He just doesn't really know his own size or strength. He's kind of a clumsy giant. So maybe clumsy giant is the trouble.
0: Just I just want to say in my brain, this guy has kind of a Braun Strowman sort of look to him. Oh my because gosh. I did want to see Braun Strowman crack a lobster claw with his bare hands on back to back chef. <laughs>
3: That's a. I'm amazed you even know who Braun Strowman is, but
0: I can see it. Yeah. All right. So we got that kind of vibe with this guy. Uh, What's What's another aspect for Braun Strowman? Something else we should know. Not Not Braun Strowman. Dave. Goodness gracious. Dave Skullcrusher. Am I getting myself mixed up? He was forced
3: in, uh, how do I, I always think it struggled to like word these, but I, I'm thinking he was forced into baking by his, uh, parents and he really wanted to be a UFC fighter and that's why they're, or an MMA fighter. And so there's this disconnect in his brain, but now he feels like he has to keep up appearances.
0: Mm, keeping up appearances. I think that's a pretty good name for an aspect.
3: So it's, it's kind of a flip on instead of being a baker who's MMA fighting to look tough, uh, he's a secretly an MMA fighter at heart who's baking to keep up his soft appearance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's his plus three approach? Yeah, so I've been thinking about that and it seems like right off the bat, uh, I, th- I think it has to be forceful. I've played around with other things, maybe like maybe like careful because he has to be careful to keep himself in check. But I think I think forceful at the end of the day just makes sense.
0: That it does. So we got Dave all figured out here. Let's talk to JP. What you got in mind?
1: Okay, so my thing is Dr. Stephen Bond. I'm gonna say my my high concept is out of place archaeologist. He was invited. He's an archaeologist who is invited to dinosaur theme land to be on this show but he doesn't bake at all. (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's an archaeologist. He studies raptors and works in a museum.
0: So they brought him in as a consultant of sorts to uh, help out with these people who are familiar with baking, but not with dinosaurs.
1: Yeah, it is just it was just one of those things, too. It's just like, this this will get ratings. You know, we have an actual archaeologist on the show. <laughs> so he's like that <laughs> special guest star.
0: I dig it. So you're our special guest star. Uh, what is something that... Uh, it was Stephen Bond, correct? Yes, Stephen Bond. What's something that gets Dr. Stephen Bond in trouble? trouble.
1: He is very careful not to break things. So I guess you could say that gets him in trouble because
0: got a level of timidity to him.
1: Yeah, a little timidity and he's also got a fascination with anything that has to deal with museums or dinosaurs or whatever. Also, he doesn't like kids.
4: Doesn't
0: like kids.
1: <laughs> just just throw that in there.
0: Maybe not uh the most helpful thing when you're at a theme park. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And what is one additional aspect for Dr. Stephen Bond?
1: Um, I mean, I put that he studies raptors and that's his like focus.
0: Mm, so that's going to uh, bring some interesting connection with our friend Trex over here. Yep. Yeah. And what is our plus three approach for Dr. Stephen Bond? Careful. Careful. Makes sense. Let's go back around and figure out some stunts. Uh, Mr. Trex, do you have your stunt figured out? I've been trying to think of something. I've got one if you still need a minute. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. What is Dave's stunt? Dave's stunt is called
3: Persuasive Pastries, where uh, he's such a good baker that if he can get somebody to uh, eat one of his pastries, uh, including animals, they are immediately more endeared to him in some way. I can't think of the specifics, but whether he can just get an unfriendly person to bite a cupcake or he can lob an entire wedding cake into a dinosaur's mouth, they're immediately going to be a little more friendly with them.
0: I dig it. Uh, JP, do you have a stunt in mind for our doctor?
1: I do, but I can't, I'm trying to think of a clever name. Um, I'm going to call it, he's calling for help because of Jurassic Park 3 when he was talking about the raptors that can talk to each other. Um, and so I'm going to say that my stunt is that I can communicate with anything, like that I'm a, I, I can somehow communicate my ideas to somebody who can not speak like a dinosaur or something.
3: Interesting. For a second, I was I was just like, how is that a clever name? And then you put pulled out a deep jurassic park reference that uh, w- went completely over my head so respect for that
0: yeah mad
1: props i love jurassic park <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, let's come back around to Caleb. Do you have anything for your stunt yet?
2: Yeah, okay. So going with this uh, Velociraptor theme, I'm going to call the stunt opening doors. It's going to be, whether that is a figurative door or a literal door, once per, you know, session, Trex can use his clever mind to open a door to someplace where he probably usually wouldn't be able to get to, whether that's physically or whether that's... Uh, not physically. What's the other word I'm looking for? Mentally?
0: Emotionally?
3: Spiritually?
2: Yes, all of it. He can just, he can get places. Socially, even. That's probably how he got on the show.
0: Mm-hmm. So these are the characters that we have. Uh, if you could all just make sure that all of these details are reflected in the Trello board before we get started.
3: Got him. The show brought to you by Trello.
0: So, you guys have never been to Dinosaur Theme Land before. It's a very newfangled sort of place, it's just opened up. And as part of their desire to get the word out into the world and to prove that this is a safe place, they've decided to invite the most wholesome, safe sort of television program here to prove how safe it is, the Pleasantly Proper Baking Competition. So you all have been selected from among various British individuals to come and represent yourselves here. Uh, And so, sorry, I just saw Evan's reaction.
3: Sorry, I I forgot we would need to do British accents, so... I have to rethink my voice I was going to (laughs) do.
0: So uh, you have been invited into Dinosaur Theme Land through one of the back entrances. It's an interesting sort of thing where it's like people can see that you're there, but not a lot of people are really allowed to get close to the compound itself because this season we don't have a tent. We have a compound because it's Dinosaur Theme Land but uh, people can still kind of tell that there's stuff going on over there Uh, you occasionally see uh, young children and their parents like pointing excitedly and waving trying to get your attention and so uh, you're having your briefing with your two hosts Peter Applewood and Alicia Rutford because you gotta have one who's actually a baker and one who's just sort of a British comedian and so they're kind of giving you the lowdown and Peter's like now I know it might be a little intimidating that we've got literal dinosaurs here in the compound with but I want to assure you this is as safe as possible all of the scientists and architects who have built this place have wanted to make sure that we're going to have a good time here. And so, I mean, I'll just address the Velociraptor in the room, Trex. I've had many conversations with you at this point, and I believe you to be a fine individual.
2: Yes, well, I thank you very much, Mr. Applewood. I uh, am very grateful to be here on this show, and I'm very excited to uh, show off my baking skills. It's something I've worked to perfect for
4: quite some time. And Alicia steps forward and says, I must say, I am very interested to see what you can do with those claws. They don't look like they'd be very amenable to a whole You know,
2: that's a common misconception, actually. These hands, I actually have, in essence, three opposable thumbs. So I can hold things quite well.
4: Yes, I will be most excited to see that in action. And Dr. Stephen Bond, you are here on special assignment,
0: of course. Uh, Let's see, what sort of relationship do Dr. Bond and Trex have, being a Velociraptor specialist and a literal Velociraptor?
1: I'm very, um, excited about this show. I'm very excited to see how uh, a Reptor is able to use his three opposable thumbs, as he says. (laughs) I want to see it in action. Isn't that right, my friend, Trex? We should be able to talk and have so many conversations about this.
2: Uh. Yes, Doctor, it's been, uh, wonderful to meet you today for the first time. I'm, uh, yes, I, I would be glad to show you how my thumbs work by beating you in this co- Actually, no, you're, you're not baking, never mind.
1: Oh, no, I'm baking. The first time, in
2: fact, but... Oh. Uh, tell me, do you taste your cake? Uh, yes, naturally. I, I, I do taste everything that I make as I'm making it.
4: Ooh, very
1: interesting that raptors actually can taste things. Okay, I'm gonna put that down in my journal here, and... Okay. I've got some more questions for you, but I'm
2: sure that we need to get moving, so I'm just going to keep them to myself. I will confess, I I have never successfully tasted the taste that you all call spicy. I've I've never it simply does not register.
1: Oh, spicy does not register. Okay, mm, they're very interesting. So, uh, no, no spicy rum cake for you, I guess. Maybe something more, mmm, meaty.
0: Uh, yes, perhaps. And Paul then turns, no, Peter, Peter Applewood, the IP-friendly host of the Pleasantly Proper Baking Competition, <laughs> turns to Dave skull and says, now, I actually have been quite a fan of your work in the ring for some years. It's actually an honor to have you here in the compound with us today.
3: Oh, well, thank you. I, I was almost starting to feel like a, a bit of a third wheel there with these other two. But yes, I'm, I'm honored to be here and, you know, just gonna bake as best I can and hope for the best, you know?
0: Yes, well, I'm sure that we'll be very surprised with the things that you can manage to bring up for us. And we've got a couple other individuals here. We can only have six contestants this season just because of, you know, waivers we had to sign and OSHA-related things. But we've got right over here, young Tommy Tutum. And he points to this six-year-old child who has this dinosaur T-shirt with, like, just T-Rexes running all over the place playing football. And he's like, you're
4: am very excited to be here. My mom and dad are going to be so proud of me.
0: And we have here Gladia Chittenden Chalmondley. and she's just this very aged, uh, kind of hunched over old British grandmarm. And she
4: goes, Oh, yes, sure. Oh, yes,
0: <laughs> and he says, And finally, over here, we've got Skag Skags, and he's got a very slouchy beanie that is way too big for his head. He's just dressed in a hoodie and some ripped up jeans, and he goes, Yeah, I guess I'm ready to cook and to blow your minds with my delicious things that I've got here. This guy's my favorite. (laughs) Peter Applewood says, Well, I'm not looking for too much from you, just to be honest right off the bat, so you're going to have to do a lot to impress me. And with that, they get the camera crew in there, and they start getting the uh, stage set up for you. You've each got your own table with all of your baking implements there, all of your ingredients. They've got the judges' tables up near the front, and there is a big, massive plexiglass wall leading into one of the major holding pens of Dinosaur Theme Land. And as you look past this piece of plexiglass, you can see there's stegosaurs, there's an Kylosaurs, there's just this vast array of herbivorous dinosaurs on the other side there and occasionally one of them will just kind of stop and turn its head towards you and stare as it's swinging its spiked tail and young tommy tutum uh, as he sees this goes to dr stephen bond and says
4: that's a very exciting dinosaur out there but it looks a little dangerous
0: Mm, yes um If I'm not mistaken, your
1: table is over there. You know, you can just... We're here to bake cakes and all, so maybe you should just uh, go back to your table.
4: Oh, that's a good idea. I'm just so excited by dinosaurs. It's my favorite thing in the world, and you're you're an archaeologist. You study dinosaurs for a living, so I thought I might be able to look up to you as a bit of a father figure on this program.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes, children, they assume so much. Um, Yes, just go over to your table, and then we'll talk, I don't know, when you become 21 or something.
4: Oh, yes, of course.
3: From my table behind him, I go, not much of a father figure or people person in general, are we?
1: (laughs) To be blunt, no, Um, I am the only one of my breed.
3: What's that supposed to mean?
1: It means that I will never have kids for a very good reason. And I don't travel in packs. I travel by myself. And, uh, you know, it also means that uh, your
4: table's over there. Maybe you should keep it to yourself. Um, hey,
3: buddy, I'm not sure if you've ever seen the show, but camaraderie between contestants is kind of a thing the producers like to look for, you know, make us look like we're all chums between takes, things like that. Oh,
1: bother. All right. Uh, you, uh, you are delightful. Um, Have you seen that raptor over there? Oh, I just so me. I wonder what he can do with those
3: three opposable thumbs of his. I suppose we're about to see, ain't we?
0: And as you guys are looking over at Trex, uh, young Tommy Tutum is also staring at Trex very intently, just absolutely floored that his table is next to a real-life legitimate dinosaur. But Trex, the other person who's right next to you is Skag Skags, and he is sharpening all of his knives, and he's also sharpening, like, his spoons and his whisk, and he's just sharpening every single thing that he has in front of his table. <laughs> and he looks looks over at you and he says, So, uh, I suppose you think you're, you know, hot business and all that, being a dinosaur.
2: Oh, uh, I mean, I'm not one to brag, but I am, uh, I'm rather unique, and I believe I can bring something unique to the table.
0: Yes, well, you're gonna get a lot of ratings, that's for sure, but I just wanna let you know, it's my pastries that are gonna win in the end. I don't have to rely on the fact that I got three opposable thumbs to get people to like me. I see. Yes, uh, I'm sure that with all that sharpening you're doing, you will simply cut right through the competition. And at your joke, you hear laughter from the table behind you, and Gladia chittenden didn't is just.
4: That's keepers come to the governor.
0: Yes. Uh, <clears throat> uh, how how
4: are you, Timmy? It's so nice to meet you. And he's got the widest eyes and he says, I'll change my name from Tommy to Timmy for you, Mr. Trex. Oh, oh, Timmy. I mean, Tommy.
2: Tommy, yes. No,
4: it's Timmy now. I <laughs> like that a lot
2: better. Uh, I'm sorry. You see, I'm I'm quite good at things. I can talk, but my memory really isn't quite the best. Um, There wasn't quite enough room, you see.
1: And you see Dr. Stephen Bond going, writing in his journal. He's just like, Oh, he can change other people's names at just a mere whisper.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And Tommy Tutum, Timmy Tutum now says, Oh, well, now I have read in some of my textbooks that velociraptors only have a brain the size of a walnut.
2: Yes, it's true. But they managed to rewire enough of it to make me, you know, like this rather than like my uh, more beastly counterparts. But, uh, like I said, not much room for memory, so I write everything down when I can.
4: Yes, I do remember I was reading in the Times the other day about the scientist who managed to bring you sapience.
2: Yes, that's right, Mr. Fortenbra.
4: Professor Fortenbra, in fact. Yes, he's uh, quite a nice chap. I mean, if he's bringing dinosaurs to be able to speak with little boys like me, I'm a big fan of whoever this individual is. I don't care what the times say about his ulterior motives. Yes, uh, nice enough. Nice enough,
2: as I said. I, uh, his ulterior motives, I mean, I I personally don't buy into all that because (laughs) if they were true, then um, that would say a lot of bad things about me now,
0: wouldn't it?
4: Yes, my mum told me that the media is just a government conspiracy to try and bring us down into subjugation.
0: Indeed, Timmy. And at that point, Peter claps his hands from the front of the compound and says, All right, contestants, we're about to have our first competition. So if you could all turn your attention up here. For our first bake, we're going to be making what is known as the fattiest pastry in all of Europe, the Queen of Man. This is a cake that is multi layered, sort of a pastry situation, got so much butter and so much sugar in it that it's guaranteed to give Gladia Chittenden Tormundly a heart attack as soon as she tastes it. And she just goes,
4: <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, right, rough,
0: And Peter continues to say, Now, the things that we're looking for mostly are content of butter and sugar. If you do not have either of enough, then you are not going to do too well in the final grading. We are also looking for a nice separation of pastry layers and a nice sort of golden crust on top. These are the main criterions that we're going to be looking for in this bake. You all have one hour to make five perfect queen Mats and alicia rutford holds up uh what appears to be a safari rifle of sorts and she says three two
4: one Blink!
0: And she fires it into the air, and a blast of confetti comes out. <laughs> and you see, as she fires it, all of the dinosaurs on the other side of the plexiglass wall just start freaking out and running all over the place and like slamming into each other. And uh, you hear Peter kind of mumble to one of the uh, stagehands and says, uh, "We might want to get a different indicator of starting the competitions. So it doesn't seem to make the dinosaurs too happy."
2: I'd like to invoke Trex's trouble if I can. Uh, I'd say that that gunshot also freaks him. That- the heck out. And he just like at the sound of the gunshot turns tail tail knocking everything off of his own tray, splattering it on other contestants, and starts running, jumping over tables toward the back of the room.
3: I was also actually going to invoke my trouble to say that when they shoot that, I was going to reach forward frantically for my stuff, and as a clumsy giant, knock it all off my table into Stephen Bond's cooking area. So just to add to all this chaos, as Trex is knocking everything off, I shove like my bowls, spoons, and ingredients forward
0: (laughs) off the front of my table. All right. Each of you is going to get a fate point for that.
1: And I'm gonna invoke my aspect where as soon as um, Trex jumps over his table and runs away, that I immediately drop all my stuff and go chase him.
0: (laughs) All right. Go ahead and roll to overcome with quick, Doctor Bond. Two. Two. You know what? Let's say Trex. Go ahead and roll with flashy just to see what kind of number we're up against. That is a zero. All right, so yeah, Dr. Bond, you just drop everything, you leap over, and you place your hand on top of Trex's head and start stroking him, making these sort of reptile clicking noises and start to soothe Trex down a little bit.
2: You see that my pupils, which have gone like crazy wide, start to just undilate and go back to normal looking velociraptor pupils.
1: I uh, pull out in my pocket a dead rat, and I <laughs> <laughs> lift it up, and I start doing, all right, all right, calm down, calm down, this one's for you, and I throw it there right into his face.
2: I snap it right up and start chomping through it, and then about, like, three-quarters of the way through the rat, come completely to myself and realize what I am doing, and uh, through a mouthful of rat, I would like to say, <clears throat> uh, yes, uh, thank you very much, Professor, but... Uh, <clears throat> I
0: I just, I can't finish this. And spit it out on the ground. And where it hits the ground, you see uh, Tommy Tutum is standing there and he has his eyes and his mouth completely agape and he's just staring at you. Yes, uh, Timmy, Tommy, son, I'm sorry you had to see that. And he says, I'm not. And as this is going on, you hear uh, very aggravated whispers coming from near the judge's table, and you see Peter Applewood has one of the production managers, and he is just shouting as quietly as he can at his production manager, and he like takes off his headset and is staring down at the ground and is just nodding solemnly. And Peter finishes, claps a hand on the production manager's shoulder, and he walks over to the wall that has the plexiglass and he climbs up over the top of it and tosses himself into the dinosaur pen and just starts rushing towards the dinosaurs and Peter turns to you and says now we're going to get rid of that hunting rifle Uh, everything's been taken care of don't worry about it at all we're going to reset for this competition and we'll we'll get back to it in we'll say 20 minutes and he looks to one of the production managers and says, uh, could you close the curtain in front of the plexiglass wall Roku? We don't want our contestants to see this, especially Little Tommy to me too, Tom. And <laughs> you see there's this giant metal curtain, essentially, that begins to descend from the top. And just as it's about to completely cover up the scene, you see the production manager rushing and he tackles uh, Stegosaurus (laughs) and the Stegosaurus tosses him up into the air and the curtain hits the ground before you're able to see what happens on the other side. (laughs) Um, Dr. Bond, is that... Is that normal around this park?
1: I don't know. This is my first time being here, but I'm definitely very excited. I was able to sue the raptor. My research has been very helpful in
0: this case. You're you're still thinking about... we just... that guy, he got... Alright, alright then. I see how it's gonna be and skag skags at this point uh, as he's waiting for the production assistants to reset all of the uh ingredients at your tables he comes sidling over to dave Skullcrusher and he says so uh how are we going to sabotage this competition i'm sorry what well i mean you're a big rough man i'm a small rough man one of these guys <laughs> has to lose today and we're gonna make it happen so which one are we kicking out
3: I'm not sure if I'd really call you rough, but I
0: don't. I mean, okay. Okay. Well, you know, I may be small, but I've got a bit of scrappiness to me.
3: Okay, if you say so. Sure. I just this whole competition's gotten very out of hand very fast, and I don't really know how to move forward. I mean, I'm not really the sabotaging type. I just I like to bake. (laughs) I just do the UFC thing or the MMA thing. I'd be friendly as a as a I don't know, a side thing. You know, just keep
0: myself in shape. Well, you know, every reality show's got to have a bit of tension in it, don't it? It's got to be a villain, and uh, I think we'd make a good pair. Now you see that Glalia Chittenden Charmendly over there, she's an easy mark. She can hardly speak. We get her out of this place, I think that'll be a nice, easy sort of situation. Advance us up in the ratings, one lesser person to worry about. Are you really saying that we should target a grandma to try and get out of this show? Well, I don't want to be targeting a velociraptor quite yet. I need to spend some more time observing his movements, learning more about how he ticks before I try and take on those three opposable thumbs.
3: So you're telling me when you look around this tent, You don't want to target the Velociraptor, you don't want to target me. So your three choices are between a small child, a grandmother, and then a professor who doesn't even seem to want to be here. And your first choice is the grandma, not the professor.
0: Well, we need to get a nice tearjerker, don't we? People cry the hardest when the old people are kicked off of this show, so we get to start out with a nice bang right off the bat. And you're trying to make people cry? Yes! That's what this show is really about. People think that they're coming here for the camaraderie and all of the good, fluffy feelings, but those Americans, all they really want to see is cutthroat and skullduggery. What's your plan, then? Well, Claudia chittenden enchantingly. I've noticed her glasses are pretty thick, and, uh, sugar looks an awful lot like salt, don't it? So then what do you need me for? Can't you just switch the sugar with salt on your own? Well, I can do that, but I need something to distract her. To Have the Velociraptor do a trick or something. Well... The Velociraptor is not the one that I'm going to offer one thousand pounds sterling to in order to throw this competition. A thousand pounds sterling, just to throw? Yeah, and there's more where that came from if you continue to help me in this show. But what about the amount of money I get if I win? Oh, that's 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 negligible. Yeah, you know, when it comes down to the very end, it'll be a it'll be a real decent competition between just you and me. We'll see who's the better baker, but. Along the way, if you can make, you know, a few extra quid to line in your pockets, take out a few innocuous people, then I think we've got a nice situation in front of us.
3: Is there any way for me to, like, roll to just see whether I, I decide to go with this or not? Because I'm kind of torn.
0: You can roll if you would like to. I'll say, if you want to leave it up to the dice, go ahead and roll clever. I'll roll forceful for him because of this argument that he's making, and uh, we'll see who gets the higher result.
3: I evened out at zero.
0: Dude, uh, he also evened out at zero.
3: Oh boy. The dice were no
0: help. But you know what? I am going to compel your aspect keeping up appearances. Not only do you have a family to impress, but you've got some uh, rough and tumble MMA fighters who you also need to impress. Mm, So I would go along with it? Yep. Yep. You get one more fate point, unless you want to spend one of your fate points to try and resist.
3: No, I'll take it, but I'm not going to tell him. I'll just say, well, I
0: uh, I guess just uh, wait until the next round and we'll see what happens. All right. And at that point, Peter Applewood once again claps his hand and says, all right, let's do take two. This time for real. We do not have a hunting rifle anymore. We just have this nice flag that Alicia's is going to wave. And that's how you know it's time to start. So, Queen Amon, everybody, the fattiest pastry in all of Europe, and he turns to Alicia Rutford, and she says, three, two, one, and she waves the flag, and it is time to begin your bake-off. So let's go ahead and get into initiative for this. Everybody roll with Clever. That is a five for Trex. That's a plus one for me. And zero. All right, so we're going to start with Trex, then go to Dave, then Dr. Bond. So Trex, you have a bunch of ingredients here in front of you, Uh, how would you like to begin your bake?
2: All right, so with my three opposable thumbs on each hand, I'd like to grab my big old bowl and just start dumping sugar and butter into my bowl.
0: All right, go ahead and roll with clever to see uh, how well you're able to discern what sort of recipe you should be making. That's a two. A two. All right. So you're off to a good start. Cream the butter with the sugar. You're going to have to get some flour in there to help make the pastry as well, but uh, you're off to a pretty good start there. Let's go to Dave's Skull Crusher. How would you like to begin your bake?
3: I would like to... I'm not sure if I would technically invoke my trouble, but I'd like to walk past the table of Gladiat and I'd like to feign... Clumsiness. since I've already demonstrated that in the first round, and fall forward and knock her sugar bowl off her baking
0: table. All right. I'm not
3: sure how much I can fit into one turn, but after that I'd like to offer to refill
0: it. Okay, go ahead and roll with Sneaky. She's going to roll with Careful to see if she can see what's going on.
3: I got a zero.
0: She also got a zero. You can go ahead and spend a fate point to invoke your clumsy giant aspect to try and win this if you want.
3: Yes, please.
0: All right. So, you accomplish your goal. Uh, nothing else flashy beyond that, but no drawbacks that happen either. So, as you stumble, Gladia turns to you, and she kind of leans to pick you up and says,
4: Oh, well, you're glad you, my boy. That seems like a right you dumb good on the flap, down." Yeah, I mean,
3: whatever you just said. I'm so sorry, though. Uh... Would you like me to refill your sugar bowl for you?
4: <laughs> you know, chuff is chuff.
0: I'm just going to do it, okay? And do you refill it with sugar or with salt? I refill it with salt. Dun dun dun.
3: Evan, as a player, feels very, very guilty about this.
0: <laughs> you left it up to the dice.
3: I did, I did.
0: As you complete this, Skag Skags looks over at you and just gives you a slow wink. Like, way too slow of a wink. <laughs>
3: And I just like kind of stare at him wide eyed for a second and then just like furl my eyebrows and shake my head a little bit. Like, what are you doing? And then turn around and go put the all back.
0: All right. That brings us to Dr. Bond. How would you like to begin your bake?
1: Well, I am actually cleaning up my area, uh, making sure everything is back to where it's supposed to be. And I'm taking that little broom that I have in my pocket and just kind of sweeping off all the stuff that got everywhere. <laughs> and I spent a good five minutes doing that.
0: All right. And as you look up, you're like noticing Peter Applewood and Alicia Rutland. They're kind of looking at you and whispering back and forth and pointing in your direction. Uh, But you can't make out what they're saying. Uh, But you manage to get your space all nice and tidy.
1: And then I do what he said. He said butter and sugar or something like that. And I'm just like, "Mm, I guess they go together. Uh, And I just put them in the bowl together and just start beating it.
0: All right. Go ahead and roll with clever. Two. All right, yeah. You're watching Trex very closely, as you always do, and you're kind of copying what he's doing. You're like, oh, cream the sugar with the butter, mix in the flour, that's how you get the dough, and you're off to a pretty good start. So, we're going to see how some of the other contestants start to do. Uh, let's start with Timmy Tommy Tutum. He is trying to reach up to grab the bowl and like whisk inside of it he is trying to avoid using the step stool that they provided for him because he wants to look like a big boy so he is going to roll to see how well he's doing wow he got a plus three um this pa is trying to get him to stand on the stool and he's like "Yeah, no, i could go yes just look and see and he's just perfectly incorporating the sugar into the butter uh and he's got a very good dough that he's starting off with Let's go to Gladia Chittenden-Shalmandly. She starts mixing. Ooh, she got a minus two. She uh, has the butter in there. And Dave, you see that she picks up the sugar bowl that you've refilled with salt. And she just dumps the entire thing straight in there without even trying to measure anything. And she just starts mixing and mixing and mixing. Then we go to Skag Skags. Uh, He gets a minus one, unfortunately. So he starts mixing some stuff in and you hear him cursing. Uh, He's managed to mix the butter so the pieces are too fine. He's not going to get good lamination as he's making the dough. So uh, that's going to bring us to the next round. We'll say that you guys are about 15 minutes into the competition. Uh, You've got 45 minutes left. At this point, you've got your dough pretty nice and incorporated. Let's go back to Trex. What would you like to do at this point?
2: at this point i'd like to invoke my stunt uh opening doors and bring forward my bowl of flour and butter and sugar and that is it to the judges and say listen i i believe that uh, just simply because i am a
0: velociraptor this is this is quite good enough for me i mean don't you think this looks beautiful Uh, because you're invoking your stunt, uh, I'm going to say roll with flashy, but with advantage, even though advantage technically doesn't exist in this game. That is
2: a plus one. Can I use a fate point to push it over, like, by a couple points or
0: something? You may. Yeah, I'm going to use, can I only use one at a time? You can pile on as many fate points as you would like, but you can only use each aspect once per roll.
2: So if I wanted to slap two fate points onto this to make it like a plus five instead, could I do that?
0: Yeah. So which aspects would you like to invoke and how would you like to invoke them?
2: I would like to invoke my killer instinct to maybe put a little bit of intimidation into this as well. And then I'd like to invoke my DNA experiment aspect to uh, call upon all of the wit and intellect that was given to me to be as persuasive as
0: possible. All right. So you spend two fate points. You bump that up to a plus five and Peter and Alicia look at your bowl. They look at each other. They look back at you. And they see, like, one of the rat's feet is still stuck between two of your teeth. And Alicia says, oh, I think that sounds delightful, don't you, Peter. And Peter says, oh, yes, yes, of course. Um, Mr. Trex, we're so delighted to have you on the show. You're going to bring us great ratings. I think this will be sufficient. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I will go and sit back down. All right. Done in round two. That brings us to Dave's Skullcrusher. What would you like to do? You have not actually begun your bake yet. You've just been sabotaging this whole time.
3: Yes. Yeah, so now that I'm done with that, I'd like to go back and uh, begin work as quick as possible. And yeah, I'll just roll for my bake like everyone else did.
0: All right. Let's have you roll with quick. You're a little bit behind, um, so you have to make up some time. So go ahead and roll with quick to see what you get.
3: I can use a fate point to do a reroll, right? Yep okay i'm definitely gonna do that oh and i got even worse
0: uh which which aspect are you invoking to use your fate point
3: so can i invoke just our high level aspect the crushing crumpeteer
0: yeah you can be like man i i really have to prove myself this is my chance to show my parents that i can actually do what they hoped i'd be able to do so you can go ahead and invoke that if you'd like to
3: okay so that's a minus one (laughs)
0: minus A minus one all right So you just kind of throw everything into the bowl at once. You've never seen a Queen Amon before. You just start mixing indiscriminately. And by the end of it, you know, you've got what looks like some dough. Great. That brings us to Dr. Bond. What would you like to do?
1: Um, At this point, I have put my bowl down and I've been watching Treks and writing notes, noticing that he went up and intimidated the judges with his bowl of sugar and butter and thought to myself, hmm so his taste is just sugar and butter that's all he needs in a cake oh fascinating and then i just make sugar and butter cake
0: all right (laughs) go ahead and roll clever to see uh how well you do two all right so not too bad you pull out one of the pans you scoop the batter into it and start it baking let's see how everybody else is doing uh, Timmy Tommy Tutum, uh, He gets a plus one. So his rolling isn't as good as he would like it to be. He's having a bit of a hard time getting an even lamination throughout the layers, but he cuts it up into the different squares, puts them into the muffin tins, and starts sprinkling some Demerara sugar on top to give a nice little bit of crunch and color. Uh, let's go to Gladia Chittenden Shalmond Lee. She gets a plus one also. So she is focusing on the looks. She has not tasted a single thing to see if anything is going wrong uh but she's sitting her queen amans into their little trays individually as well and skag skag gets a minus two holy cow he is really not doing good He just, like, takes the entire piece of dough and puts it into a sheet pan. He's trying to make bar cookies, it looks like, and he starts that baking. So uh, we're going to speed through the baking process here, and Alicia stands up with the flag and starts waving and says,
4: Time is up for this competition. Everybody, bring your five perfect quinamans up to the judges' table
0: and you see all of the uh, other contestants have their things that they've been making and uh, Skag Skags looks down at his big bar of dough and quickly slices it into five pieces and puts them on a tray and uh, they start placing them in front of the judges. So Dr. Bond, uh, you've been just making kind of a nice cake. So you kind of cut that into five pieces and bring it up for them. Dave Skull Crusher, uh, you've been a little bit more judicious in the way you've done yours. You do have five individual pieces 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 and treks i mean you're already done you already got yours finished that's right all of your bakes are in front of the judges at this point and they start tasting them they're going to start with timmy tommy Tutum, and they each take a bite and peter says Now, you've got a lovely flavour, but there's not quite as much lift between the individual layers of the pastry as we would like. However, you've got a very nice ratio of sugar to butter, a nice bit of salt in there as well to kind of balance it out. This is a very well done bake, especially for somebody of your age. And he just gives a little nod and smiles and steps back. They go next to Skag Skags, and Peter says, Now, you've obviously never seen a Queen Amman before. That is understandable. Let's see how it tastes at least. And he bites into it, and he says, you do have a nice texture, a good bit of lamination there, a nice crunch going into the pastry, but also a nice softness and chew on the end as well. Um, Looks like absolute bollocks, but tastes pretty good. (laughs) Uh, At this point, he's going to go to uh, Dr. Stephen Bond. He says, now, this is not a pastry. This is a cake. Let's see how it tastes, at least. Uh, He takes a bite and says, now, that is rich. That is very rich. Maybe just a slight bit too rich, but still, you've made a nice cake. It is not a Queen amount. I do want to reiterate that, but it does taste pretty good. <laughs> uh, goes next to Dave's Skull Crusher, uh, takes a bite of one of yours and says, all right. It actually looks like a queen of mine is supposed to look, doesn't taste very great. It's a bit dry, don't have enough butter in there, I'm afraid, but you're still doing a lot better than some people.
3: Can I invoke my persuasive pastry stunt to make him just a little bit nicer to me about my poor pastry?
0: You may. So you invoke your stunt and uh, he sees you hang your head down and for a moment his judge-like harshness softens a little bit and he says, now you didn't get quite enough butter, but you did manage to get just the right amount amount of sugar i notice you've got the sprinkling on top as well to get that nice golden crust on the top it's a good texture on the outside the inside could use a little bit of help but it is a good bake thank you and i step back then we get to trex's bake he reaches in with a finger and just scoops out a big heaping of batter and just kind of stares at trex for a moment
2: yes uh it should be
0: absolutely delicious and you did tell me that i was done so and he nods and alicia goes and whispers something into his ear real quick um any of you who would like to can go ahead and roll with careful to see if you can see what alicia is saying four i also got a four
2: i got a zero
3: Oof. you should see my history on the website of my rolls it's like minus two minus one zero zero
0: yeesh so trex and dr bond you can hear her whispering she says we can't eliminate the velociraptor he's bringing in the ratings and paul just nods his head kind of solemnly and places this big heap of wet batter into his mouth and he's kind of chewing on it for a bit and he looks towards you and says very buttery very sugary those are the trademarks of a good queen of mine and he just moves on to the next one. <laughs> oh yes thank you so much and then he finally arrives at Gladia Chittenden Lee's Bake. And he says, now these look absolutely stunning. The golden brown crust is absolutely perfect. The sprinkling on top is nice. I can see the lift and the separation between the layers. This looks like it's going to be a perfect Queen Amman. This might be the best of the bunch. And he tears it apart and you can see the steam come out and he takes a bite and the instant it touches his tongue, he just tosses it across the compound and it splats into the other wall. And he says, this is a travesty. This is an absolute joke. I don't know what you're thinking you're doing here, Claudia Chittenden Lee, but it's not funny, whatever it is. And she just goes,
4: oh, but you know, there's a kibbutz oh, it's up the Bunbury half pint.
0: And he says, yes, I know, but that doesn't mean that you've baked anything that is worth tasting or even existing on this planet. <laughs> glad chit- and I know I need to spend some time deliberating with my fellow judge, but it's not looking good for you at all. I'm just going to let you know that and she kind of slinks back with her head hung dejectedly and Dave Skag Skags looks over you and gives you another one of those very slow winks and you see the two judges leave the compound for a moment and uh, as the judges are gone you're looking out kind of into the larger pen where the dinosaurs are you can see there's a couple of the theme park's workers in there they're wearing like hazmat suits and they're just spraying something off the ground (laughs) but uh All of the PAs are like, okay, we've got a bit of free time now. You can talk amongst yourselves if you would like. Try and relax a little bit before you get your final rankings. And Skag Skaggs goes sauntering his way over to Dave and just holds up his hand for a fist bump and doesn't say anything. Gotta be honest, I feel a little sick. Well, not as sick as uh, Peter Applewood was looking after he tasted that Queen of Man. You done good, friend. I've done bad. That's really bad. I sabotaged a poor old lady's bake in a baking competition. Well, let's see if this can soothe the pain. And he just pulls out 10 100-pound notes from his pocket and hands them towards you.
3: You just had this on ya, already.
0: That's how I do.
3: All right, but... And I take the wad and I say, That's the last time. I'm not helping you in the next round.
0: We'll see. And he looks over at Timmy Tommy 2 and smirks and walks back to his table.
2: I'd like to walk over to Dave and say, this. that was the first time I'd ever seen um, that sort of a, a thing. I'd like to try it. And I hold out my three opposable thumbs in a ball for a fist bump. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. All right.
3: And I fist bump him. That was quite pleasant. Yeah, well, uh, I was wondering, I've, I've been meaning to ask you, uh, how
2: long have you been alive and i guess how long have you been intelligent oh yes i'm uh, three years old as velociraptors go which is full-grown adult and as far as the sapience that was granted to me three months So did you just,
3: like, did you have to learn things for the past three months? Like, were you kind of comparable to a human baby having to figure everything out? Or did you just kind of burst into this wave of knowledge?
2: I just kind of burst into this wave of knowledge, really. It's, um, it was all there. I have learned other things since, but like I've said before, my memory is not quite the best, so some of the things that I've learned haven't quite stuck.
3: It's very, very strange. Well, I'm honored to meet a sentient. Velociraptor. Didn't expect that to happen when I signed up for this show. I thought I'd be on a normal season, but, you know, parents said uh, I had to sign the waiver and come since I'd been accepted, so here I am. Are you saying I'm not normal? I'm saying there's not many types like you where
2: I'm from. You're probably normal around these pots. I'd like to invoke my trouble and take offense to
0: that. Ooh, one more fate point for Trex. And I'd (laughs) I'd like to pin
2: Dave down with one of my massive velociraptor claws, try to pin him to the floor. Can
3: I invoke like my, I don't know, would it be my crushing crumpeteer to invoke my MMA background to like fight back?
0: So yeah, both of you go ahead and roll opposing forceful checks. And then if you would like to spend fate points to invoke those, aspects to try and get a better result you may do so
2: oh, okay cool that is a three that's a plus five whoa oh shoot i just gained a fate point so i think i have two more you know what i'm just gonna take the hit i will lose this round
3: uh ned i would like to still invoke my fate point so that i succeed with more than plus three. Oh, boy. oh yeah
0: shoot so you succeeding with style not only get what you want but you also generate a boost a boost is a one use aspect that you can call on at any point during the game. And so, this boost that I'm going to offer you will be called The Dinosaur Knows Its Place. Okay. So, at any point throughout the game, uh, if you want to invoke that for free to get a better result for your role, you may do so, after which it will disappear.
3: Okay
1: this whole time dr bond has been videotaping this <laughs>
2: <laughs> so i'm picturing i bring my foot up angrily to pin him down by the chest and he just grabs my foot and twists it around and gets my one big claw in a lock behind my back sorry mate it's a uh, it's just reactionary at this point yes, yes i'm i'm so sorry i i don't know what came over me i just i <clears throat> yes so sorry it's all right i'm i'm letting you go
0: just Stay calm, and I let go. All right. After all this is finished, Peter Applewood and Alicia Rutford walk back into the compound, and they say, well, we've had some very good bakes here today, but we've also had some very, very bad bakes, I'm afraid. So, Gladia, what you gave us was absolute rubbish, and that is unforgivable. I'm afraid that you will be leaving today. And she just bursts into tears and she rushes towards the plexiglass wall to try and climb over. And a couple of the PAs grab her and wrestle her back and remove her from the compound. And Peter says, now, I'm sure that was unpleasant for all of us, but however, we do need to still crown today's Star Baker. And the person that we are going to give today's Star Baker Award to is Timmy Tommy Tutan. He provided an absolutely wonderful bake for us. It wasn't as amazing as it could be, I will say that, but it was very, very good. And Timmy Tommy is just beaming with joy and he rushes up as if he's going to give Peter Applewood a hug, but Peter snaps his fingers and one of the PAs comes and grabs him before he can make contact. And Timmy Tommy two is just like,
4: I'm so honored my mom and dad are going to be so proud
0: and Dave you look over and you see Skag Skaggs is just smirking as he's watching Timmy Tommy Tutum accepting this award and Peter says thank you all for joining us for today's competition go out and get some rest and tomorrow we'll wake up bright and early for our next bake and all of the cameras cut and stop rolling and you guys are now free to go about and uh, do whatever you would like I'd like to take
2: an opposable thumb handful of my gloppy mixture and throw it at Peter Applewood's face.
0: (laughs) Go ahead and roll with sneaky. That's a one. He got a minus three. Uh, he is very much not paying attention. It smacks him right on the side of the face and he turns and he makes it as if he's going to try and rush you. But Patricia grabs him by uh, the coattail and leans him in close and she whispers something into his ear and his face kind of goes white and he nods and he says... Very funny, Trex. Very funny. You're going to get us all the good writings. (laughs) Don't I know it. And he begins to wipe off his face and just storms out of the compound. And Alicia follows after him. Uh, You guys go about your business. Uh, The next competition isn't going to be until tomorrow. And I think that is a good place to wrap for this week's episode of improv tabletop thank you all for listening looking forward to seeing what other sort of shenanigans and chicanery our characters get up to next time so again thank you for listening some things to plug we have a sort of sister podcast called i cast fireball uh, in which i play a kobold druid it's going really well i'd encourage you to uh, listen to that Also, I am going to be doing a week-long trip where I climb to the highest peak in every state. I can only get a week off from work, so I'm going to try and get about 10 states per day. Uh, If everything goes well, the next time you hear from me, I will be recording from the top of Jeremoth Hill, which is the highest peak in Rhode Island at 811 feet above sea level. Uh, You can follow that at uh, (laughs) 50peaks1week.blogspot.com.
3: Careful, don't get uh, caught up on time in Florida. It's uh, 300 feet above sea level, so it can be quite a quite a hike.
0: Shoot, yeah, that one's going to be tough. But uh, I'm not worried about Denali. I think that's going to be a real chill time.
3: Yeah, that one should be good.
2: You can practically drive there.
0: Uh, Caleb, you have anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, coming
2: towards the end of production on No King, No Country, which is a historical novel that I am narrating. Look for that on Audible probably sometime around January.
0: Nice. Uh, Evan, anything for you?
3: My next uh, performance art piece is going to be out of Toronto, Canada. I'm going to dress like the Statue of Liberty, but in red and holding a bottle of maple syrup. And I'm going to (laughs) pour it on my head as slowly as possible while standing on the busiest street corner in Toronto.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to come and see that. I've always wanted to visit, you know, Honest Ed's and Casa Loma, all of the great locations from Scott Pilgrim versus the world so i'm glad i have this opportunity to finally go and do that
2: yeah there you go come and see me evan your performance art pieces are always so uh thought-provoking and inspiring
3: thank you uh i'll I'll be uh tweeting out some gps coordinates which will lead you to a geocache with the actual street corner i'll be on so you can either get lucky and find me on the corner
0: or uh go on the hunt (laughs) nice uh jp anything that you would like to plug
1: um i'm gonna be watching the latest episode of the mandalorian and live tweeting it but um, i don't ever talk during movies so it's not gonna say anything
3: so you're live tweeting it but you're not actually gonna tweet anything that is correct
0: (laughs) it's gonna be too good you don't want to take your eyes away from what the mando is doing to be tweeting it's just too riveting for sure Well, once again, thank you all for listening. We will be right back here next week with more adventures in Jurassic Bake Off. I have been your host and GM, Ned Wilcock, and I've been joined today by...
2: Caleb Anderton, your resident raptor. Evan Peterson, the buff one. And
1: JP, the one that just is out of place.
0: Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week.